Through everyday stories, we transform the ordinary into extraordinary and triumph over adversity. It's not just a hat rack. It's not just a hat rack. It's not just a hat rack. I'm your host, Matt Tech, and this is It's Not Just a Hat Rack. Welcome back to It's Not Just a Hat Rack, renewing your mind one episode at a time. Today we're going to talk about becoming a morning person and how it completely changed my life for the better. Now, before you turn this episode off, go with me. Humor me for just a few minutes. Well, let's start the insanity. I absolutely love to sleep. When I was a kid, the biggest challenge my parents struggled with was waking me up, and they had an arsenal of methods to accomplish this goal. Pulling the covers off, dousing me with water, pounding on pots and pans. There would even be times where they would just go ahead and let me sleep in and go about their day, maybe going on a trip or going to a water park or going to the mall, and I would miss out on all of it. In college, my music theory class was Monday through Friday at 8 a.m., During that time in my life, finally being out on my own as a quote-unquote adult, that was so stinking early. At first, due to a new environment and wanting to show off for my new college classmates, I'd get up at a respectable time to prepare for my day. But after a few months, I woke up literally 15 minutes before class and I showed up in my pajamas most days. Those extra snooze minutes meant the world to me. As an adult, I carried the same love for sleep, much to my detriment. But let me take you through what a normal day looked like. The day begins with hitting the snooze button a minimum of nine times. One good push from my wife finally gets me up. I walk lifelessly to the bathroom like a zombie with no flesh to chase. I look in the mirror. My only thought, ugh. I turn on the shower, knowing the hot water cannot come quick enough. Get out, brush my teeth, and start on the coffee. Begrudgingly, I head back to the bedroom to get the clothes ironed. Oh, gosh. The ironing board. That sound. You know the sound. Rusty metal screech that puts nails on a chalkboard on the shortlist for my new ringtone. If the shower didn't wake you up, this is certain to raise those eyebrows. Plug the iron in only to realize it needs more water. Back to the bathroom. Back to the mirror. Ugh. Ironing done. Back to the coffee. Oh, nectar of life. Cleaned. Dressed. Partially caffeinated. 30 seconds to spare. I had it down to the exact minute I needed to leave the house to make it to work. Right on time. Heading out the door. Honey! Oh, man. Must be the baby. Yep. Poop accident. The one that takes four hands. Now I'm late and the entire day is ruined. Can't focus. Meetings cancel. Forgot my lunch. Poor attitude. Work stinks. Drained by the time I get home. Family dinner's quiet. Tension is high. Watch TV. Go to bed. Rinse and repeat. A bit dramatic, but I'm sure some of you can relate, especially you young parents. About seven years ago, somebody gave me a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, and it changed everything. In essence, what the book explained was how you start your day sets the tone for how the rest of your day unfolds. And if you can control your day by controlling your mornings, you can transform your entire life. 
Personally, I began waking up at 5 a.m. every single day and crafting what I call an intentional morning about six years ago, and since then, every area of our lives has flourished. The relationships with my wife and children have grown stronger. My relationship with Jesus is more intimate. My mental health is better. We've quadrupled our income since then. Our friendships are stronger. My wife and I lost a combined 150 pounds. So many areas of our lives have been enriched. Now, before we get into what an intentional morning looks like, there's a few steps we have to take. And the first one I had to take was to decide I was even going to do it. I wasn't necessarily bought into the idea, but somebody once told me that it's only when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, then you will change. And at that point in my life, the pain of staying the same was very real. So let's start with this. Hot take. Hitting the snooze button is resistance. Hear me again. Hitting the snooze button is resistance. You programmed your alarm to wake you up at a certain time, but when you hit your snooze, you've already violated the agreement you made with yourself. And by starting your day with resistance, you perpetuate a negative cycle. It looks a little bit like this. You wake up discouraged and depressed. You spend your day feeling the same way, which leads to anxiety. Then you go to sleep again, feeling anxious and depressed, and the cycle repeats until the next day over and over again. If you want to give it a shot and change your life by changing your morning, establish the conscious intent to wake up each morning with a genuine desire to actually do so. You have to want to wake up. Author Josie Spinardi said, create the life you can't wait to wake up to. So I found the first step was to train and orient my mind and body to new habits. There were two parts of this, the mental and the tactical. So let's start with the mental. Decide. You have to make a conscious decision that you're going to change your morning routine, including the time you wake up and when you go to bed. Make a conscious decision to not hit the snooze button. I'm going to give you some tactical things you can do to begin tearing down old snooze habits later on. Enough is enough. The science behind how much sleep everybody needs is a little loose. Each person is different, but before you go to sleep, you have to tell yourself that any amount of sleep you get will be enough. Why? What is the reason you want to begin taking control of your mornings? Is it career-driven? Is it relationships? Health? Mental health? Whatever it is, write it down. You will not achieve a goal that is not written down. So we've talked a little bit about the mental. That's kind of the easier side. Now here's the tactical things that you can begin doing tonight, right now, in order to force a new set of habits upon your mind and body. First, let's talk about blue light. Everything you see is comprised of red, green, and blue light. Blue light is great for your body during daytime hours, supporting your body's natural rhythm called the circadian rhythm. However, exposure to blue light during nighttime hours can lead to fatigue, sleepless nights, depression, and poor physical health. At night, since the sun is down, most of your blue light exposure comes from electronic devices, your smartphone, tablet, computer, even your TV. Here's what you can do. First, spend $5 on some blue blocker glasses. Put them on when the sun sets, especially if you're watching television or using electronic devices during nighttime hours. If you wear prescription glasses, you can actually get blue blocker coating on your lenses, and that's what I have. Most phones nowadays have a setting that removes the blue light from your device's screens. iPhones call this night mode. I would recommend turning on night mode to automatically trigger from sunset to sunrise. This way, you don't have to think about it. Piggybacking on the blue light advice, do not take your phone to bed with you. Studies show the worst thing you can do for your sleep 
and your intimacy if you're married is to have a screen on, including a TV while you're in bed. Moving on this theme of phones, turn notifications off after work hours. Personally, this is a little crazy for some of you, but I have all notifications turned off all the time except text messages and phone calls. For years and years, I have had notifications turned off for all social media, email, and any other app that's not a text message. Even my work phone has email notifications off. Because instead of email controlling my day and keeping me in reaction mode, I control my own day by scheduling specific times throughout the day to check and reply to emails. But if turning off all notifications all the time doesn't sound great to you, then just turn them off after a specific time. You can use the sleep mode on your device to accomplish this. This is going to silence all notifications, including even text messages, except for those on your favorites list. Before you lay down in bed, there's a couple things you need to do. One, place your phone across the room, especially if you use it as an alarm. This is going to force you to get out of bed to turn off the alarm. More on that later. Next, you actually want to drop the temperature in your house by about four to five degrees. Your body actually drops its temperature by one to two degrees while you sleep. And by emulating those conditions in your home, your body regulates temperature and enters a more restful state. Take magnesium three and eight one hour before bed. Magnesium is available in many different forms. They're all a salt form because salt is the way magnesium is carried throughout your body. There's magnesium oxide, which is trash. Don't ever buy it. Magnesium citrate, magnesium glycinate, and then there's magnesium L3 and 8. 3 and 8 is the only form that allows the magnesium to cross what's called the blood-brain barrier. Magnesium in the brain does not put you to sleep. It's not NyQuil. It's not like whiskey. 3 and 8 has been shown to help brains enter restful sleep while restoring function, and it also helps with sleep disorders, depression, and anxiety. I've been taking this form of magnesium every night before bed for almost six years. In the times I've traveled and forgotten it, I have noticed I wake up feeling groggy and not well-rested at all. Let's talk about your alarm for a second. Set your alarm to a time one hour before you need to begin getting ready for your day. Then you're going to count back eight to nine hours and make sure that you're at least laying in bed by that time. This is going to ensure that you get enough recommended sleep, even if you don't fall asleep right away. And if you like the idea of sleeping in, sleep in on the front end by going to bed earlier. Also, before you go to bed, fill a glass with water and place it in the refrigerator. What you have to do is train your body to wake up in levels, especially if you've been used to sleeping in and snoozing a thousand times every morning. This is going to take some time and it's not going to be fun at first, but I'm not going to lie to you. It is worth it. So here's a step-by-step guide to force your body to wake up small levels at a time. Get out of bed and turn the alarm off. Again, that's on the other side of the room. Then go straight to the refrigerator and drink the cold glass of water you placed in there the night before. Immediately after drinking the water, go brush your teeth. The zing of the toothpaste will increase your body's wake-up level. After you brush your teeth, jump in the shower. I recommend being a morning shower person myself. By the time I'm in the shower, I am fully awake. Do this for about 15 to 20 days and you'll notice it just starts to turn into a habit. So now that you've built in an extra hour into your morning, what do you fill it with? The book that I referenced earlier, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, outlines six things to do every morning in an acronym that he calls the SAVERS. SAVERS stands for silence, 
affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. Scribing is also a fancy word for journaling. I highly recommend starting with 10 minutes of these every single morning. If you want more information about those, click the link in the show notes to grab your copy of The Miracle Morning. After a few years of following the savers, my wife and I crafted our mornings to what we wanted to achieve. Today, our mornings look like this. We both wake up at 5 a.m., By the time I'm out of the shower, Ashley has coffee ready for us. We read our Bibles, and we usually share what the Lord is telling us in that time. We read our own nonfiction books, and every couple months, we'll read a book out loud together. We pray for our day, for decisions we need to make, and for anything on our prayer list, sometimes consisting of friend and family's needs, and sometimes if there's something going on in our country, we'll pray for those too. We spend time in conversation. It could be about absolutely nothing, but sometimes we begin to share vision for life and what our future looks like. Personally, mornings is when all my synapses are firing. I have four to five different notebooks around my morning chair to capture ideas that come. Sometimes they don't lead to anything at the moment, but I capture them anyway. But many of these ideas over the years have generated either hundreds of thousands of dollars in income, blessed somebody else, led to a podcast episode like this one, or even a business idea, but many of them are still sitting there awaiting their time to shine. So change your life by taking control of your mornings. When you start, it will feel unbearable, but I guarantee that if you remain consistent for 30 days, you'll become unstoppable. It's not just a hat rack. It's not just a hat rack. It's not just a hat rack. We end with today's done and done random advice for life. I'm in the middle of a new career search and reaching out to much of my network, many of whom have positions of authority higher than I've ever had. So when asking someone with more power than you for a favor, let them off the hook right away by telling them that whether or not they say yes or no, you're still grateful for them. Be relational. Don't be transactional. Done and done. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review and more importantly, share with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe so you always have the latest episode. No, I'm going to try it for the first time. It's tropical punch. I don't I don't have high hopes. Oh my goodness, my hopes were shattered. That's delicious. <laughs>